Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. During this season, we won't be having any services or events at our church building, but we are so excited to be bringing you Church at Home every weekend. To check out our online resources and learn more about Church at Home, please visit creekwoodchurch.com slash churchathome. We hope this message inspires and encourages you during this time. Enjoy. Hey, Creekwood. Welcome to Church at Home. Uh, I'm excited today to be sharing with you. I get to finish up our series called Summer Slump right now. And and I'm excited because I hate being in a slump. And I hope this series is helping you uh, get out of whatever slump you find yourself in right now. And Pastor Kendall, last week, he shared uh, and he gave us the definition for the word slump. And a slump is when things are going downhill in any area of your life. And I wish as one of your pastors, I could say that um, my life is always going uphill. It's always a mountaintop experience, but I, I can't say that. There's many moments in my life where I've been in slumps. I've been in financial slumps. Uh, I've been in relational slumps in the past. I've been in all kinds of different slumps, and I don't know where you find yourself, but this year, more than any other year, I find myself in a mental slump, like more than any other year. And so I can go dark, what I call going dark, go, like being negative very easily, And when you combine going dark with a pandemic and you combine that with social tensions and economic tensions, um, it's so easy to be mentally slumped right now. And so um, this year has messed with my mind more than any other year. And so if that's you, if 2020 has been a mental slump year for you so far, would you comment, maybe leave a comment or maybe click on one of the reactions or emojis on Facebook uh, and, and click on, maybe you can click on the angry reaction. That's my favorite one right now. Um, but 2020 has been weird for us. And we find ourselves with our friends saying, hey, why don't you come over next weekend? If the world doesn't come to an end, like we, we feel like that. And we're only halfway joking uh, about that last part. And so it's been a crazy year mentally. And, and the problem with that, with being in a mental slump is what the scripture says. Um, Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. Another way of saying that is the life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Think about that. The life that you currently have is really just a reflection of the thoughts that you're thinking. And so if you want to change your life, then you have to change how you think. And I want us to look today at the, at the mind of the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament and what I love about this guy is um, he's known for so many scriptures that God used him to write that we love. But when you go back in the early days of his ministry, he didn't have it all figured out. Uh, I feel like he lost a lot of focus and, and, and he felt like he looked like his mind was a little bit everywhere. and It's a little chaotic. And that makes me excited because that's where I feel like sometimes my mind is. And so you find him saying things like the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. But what I love about Paul is he mastered his mind. He fought and he battled. And you saw him go from a little bit of immaturity in his mind to being fully mature in his mind. And so I want to talk about some of the scriptures that Paul gave us uh, in the New Testament. And Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, which by the way, we can do a whole series on that. Like, do not conform to, this, to the patterns of this world. But it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
That's so powerful. You can be transformed by the renewing of your minds. I've been fascinated by that word renew. When you look up the definition of renew, it means to bring back to the original condition of freshness and vigor. Now, what would it look like to have our minds back to its original condition of freshness and vigor? I don't know if you ever bought a new car, but one of the things I love about buying a new car is that, that brand new car smell. And I bought a used car not too long ago, and they, it smelled like a new car. And it's a thing now. You can actually buy a new car smell. I don't know if you knew that, but that's like a thing right now. Um, but what would it look like if our minds could go back to that's original condition? And God's saying, you can renew your mind. The other thing about that word renew is it's a verb, meaning it's going to require some action. It's not just going to happen to you. So if, if your life will be changed when you decide to take back your mind, you're going to have to make that decision. You're going to have to do something about it. And so these, over this last year, and, and especially this year, um, over the last 12 months or so, I feel like God has really been working on my mind. And so there's some areas where I want to show you that I feel like God has, has, is renewing my mind. And I want to go over three areas. And the first is you have to learn how to reframe your perspective. Reframe your perspective. And reframing is just creating a different way of looking at a situation by changing the perspective. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. I'm reminded of the story of a little kid who he loves baseball and he calls himself the greatest hitter of all time. And he goes out in his backyard and he takes a ball and he takes a bat. He throws the ball up in the air and he swings as hard as he can because he's the greatest batter of all time. And he misses it. He said, it's okay. Even the greatest batter of all time can miss the ball once. Picks the ball up again, swings as hard as he can. He misses it again. He said, it's okay. Even the greatest batter of all time can miss the ball twice. Picks the ball up a third time, swings again and misses for the third time. And he says, wow, I had no idea. Not only am I the greatest batter of all time, but I am the greatest pitcher of all time because I just struck out the greatest batter of all time. I mean, this kid knew how to reframe his perspective. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. Let me help you with this. Just a couple of things. You gotta, you gotta thank God for what didn't happen to your life. Sometimes you just gotta thank God for what didn't happen. Last year, I was on a plane. We were on the tarmac and got stuck for two hours because the plane was malfunctioning and everyone was complaining. And I found myself saying, man, I would rather be on the ground right now wishing I was in the sky than up in the sky on a broken plane wishing I was on the ground. Sometimes you gotta thank God for what didn't happen to your life. Another way to reframe your perspective uh, is to look for God's goodness in every one of the circumstances that you're in. Um, and, and, and so one of the biggest mistakes that we make is we interpret God through our circumstances. And so we say things like, well, if COVID-19 is here, then God must not be paying attention and he must be bad. So if, if this situation is, is here and is happening and is bad, then God must not be bad, he must be bad. And so we interpret God through our circumstances and if you lost your job, then God must not be paying attention right now. Or if you got sick through COVID-19, then God must not be paying attention right now. But there's another way to interpret it. You can interpret your circumstances through the goodness of God. When I was in high school, I was dating a girl 
for several years into my college years, thought she was the one. And when I was at Texas A&M, which is, by the way, the greatest university of all um, places, and so that's just a little promo for A&M. But when I was at A&M, she broke up with me and it crushed me. And I thought this wasn't God's will. And so I began to pray that God would mend our relationship back. And God said, no, he kept saying no. And I, I didn't understand why God wasn't paying attention to my prayer request. And what I found out was no was an answer, just like yes is an answer. Because no, he wasn't saying no, because he didn't want me not to be happy. He said no, because he was working something behind the scenes in my life. He was, de he was developing a relationship that I was gonna have in the future with Elise. To this day, the greatest gift that I, be I believe God has ever given me outside of salvation is my wife. And so God said no, because he had a better yes in store. Sometimes you have to change your perspective. And I, know that, I love that Romans 8.28 says that, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. See, the enemy may mean evil with COVID-19, but God has a way of turning it around for his good. I promise you, this is what he's gonna do. And I think about what God gave me in the last few weeks, just as a, as a symbol he showed me a picture of a slingshot. And I know a little bit about slingshots because I got in a lot of trouble growing up with these things. And so um, in order for a slingshot to work correctly, you have to put the, op the object in the slingshot and you have to bring it back. You have to step it back before that, that object is ever gonna launch. And God showed me that he is a slingshot God. What God allows to be pulled back in our lives is just a preparation for a better setup. See, we often, we have to look, we have to turn around to see the hand of God in our life. So many times it's, it's difficult when we're looking at COVID-19, when we're looking at whether our kids are gonna go back to school this year, when we're looking at an economy that's rough, when we're looking at racial tensions, it's difficult to look forward and know that God is still good. But when you turn around and look back, let me remind you that Lazarus was dead. He was in the grave when Jesus showed up and the sisters were mad at him, but Jesus had the final word and he stood up and rose out of the grave. Everyone was mad at the wedding at Cana because they ran out of wine. But when Jesus showed up, he saved the best wine for last. He's a slingshot God. You have to re reframe your perspective. He wanted me to remind you that Jesus was nailed to a cross. He was crucified, but three days later, he rose from the grave. He defeated death and he gave salvation to me and you because he is a slingshot God. What looked like a setback was actually a step up. It was a setup for something greater in our lives. And God wanted me to tell you, your ladder will be greater than your former because he is a slingshot God. What looks like the summer slump of 2020 will be a setback for God's slingshot in your life. If he was faithful then, I promise you he will be faithful again. You gotta reframe your perspective. And what God has shown me about our mind is you have to learn how to train your mind. Remember, the, the word renew is a verb. It requires action. And I learned this by going to the gym. I'm not, I know I'm not really physically fit, but you look at Pastor Stephen, and he is a beast of a man. 
And uh, you'll, I can't wait till next weekend when he's back and you're gonna see how massive he is. But, but what I learned about our physical bodies is that I used to think that if I just go to the gym and I work out really hard and I would grunt because everyone grunts and it's like the thing you have to do. And what I found out is you really don't have to grunt. That's like totally unnecessary and just drawing attention to yourself. But, but what I used to think is you had to grunt and you had to work really hard. But what I found out is if I want a real healthy body, it's not just about what I do with my body. It's about what I put into my body. It's the same with our mind. It's not just what you do with your mind. It's, it's about what you allow into your mind. And I don't know about you, but I have to constantly focus on my mind. I have to constantly train my mind because I naturally will drift towards the lies of the enemy. I don't naturally drift towards God's truth and God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy. I drift towards the lies of the enemy. I'm not perfect like some of you. I wish I could say I was, but there's times where I'm in mental slumps and the enemy will say things like, you're not gonna be a good enough pastor. That mistake you made in the past is always going to haunt you or you're never gonna get over those headaches. And so if I listen to these lies, it destroys you. And so most of us, we lose the battlefield of our mind because we don't know how to be in shape mentally. Amen, My neighbor just said, amen. <laughs> I love that. And your brain, listen, I want you to learn about your, your brain. Your brain has been created in a special way. For centuries, people thought your brain never changed. And so even in the last few decades, they, we realized that um, our, our brain actually changes. It re, it's rewiring constantly and, and through a, a system called uh, neuroplasticity. We are constantly rewiring with the thoughts that we're thinking. And, and this is so powerful. So if you learn how to work out your body, just like when you, when you work out, you get stronger and stronger. When you think certain thoughts, it becomes easier to think those thoughts which is great news if you're constantly thinking about godly thoughts and about thoughts that are, that are helpful and productive. And I love what Dr. Caroline Leaf said. She wrote a book called um, Switch On Your Brain. She is a, a Christian neuroscientist, amazing book. I highly recommend um, that book. But she said it's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Like, tell me your thoughts don't matter. Tell me prayer doesn't matter. But just like that's good news, it's terrible news if all you do is fill your mind with negative thoughts, with the lies of the enemy. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And listen to this. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You wanna know the second thing, what God has shown me, you gotta, you gotta be willing to, to reframe your perspective. You gotta train your mind by taking capture every thought. I love that word to capture is a Greek word that means um, to arrest with a sword. Like this isn't a little playful word. This is, this, is, this is an aggressive word that you have to take capture in your mind, every thought that comes into your mind. And so many of us are letting evil thoughts just run rampant in our minds. 
just, just like running rogue all over the place in our minds. It's affecting our bodies. It's affecting our relationships. And we're doubling down on conspiracy theories right now, like all kinds of things. We're thinking about the economy. We're thinking about social tensions. We're thinking about, you have no idea that my son or my daughter needs to be in school. They cannot learn without being in school. And so we have all these different things that we're letting run rampant in our mind right now. And and, but if you're not careful and you don't learn how to take these thoughts captive, you'll be, you'll be right where the enemy wants you, and that is worried and afraid. And I want to just encourage you. This is a little side thing, but this has helped me. I want to encourage you to get a worry box. A worry box is just a little shoe box. Put worry on it. When you have a worry, when you're going through something in your life and it's a worry, I believe that's a real concern. You should be concerned about COVID-19. You should be concerned about racial tensions. You could, should be concerned about school and our economy. What I'm saying is write them down. Pray about that situation, but then put it in the worry box and don't let it drag around all day long. I think this is what so many of us do. We just let our worries drag around our lives all day long. And what you'll find is after you've prayed about those worries over and over again, after a couple of weeks and even months, you'll find out that most of those worries weren't real. And there were nothing to really be concerned about to begin with. And so maybe a worry box would help you, but you have to learn to take every thought captive. And I love what Paul wrote in Ephesians 6. He, talk, 6, he talks about the armor of God. And if you've not ever read about Ephesians 6 and about the armor of God, you need to read this chapter because the armor of God is about how we do battle with the enemy. It's all about how we do battle with the, the forces of darkness. And I want you to, to learn about the armor of God. But what you'll find is that the armor of God, every single one of them was defensive except for, for one offensive weapon. So you have the, you have the, the uh, helmet of salvation. You have the breastplate of righteousness. You have the shield of faith, the belt of truth. The shoes prepared with the gospel, they're all defensive except for one offensive weapon, and that is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So when you take a thought captive, when you take a, take a lie of the enemy captive, what he says is you gotta now make it, you gotta go offensive with it. You gotta make it obedient to Christ. You do, by, do that by speaking God's truth over every lie of the enemy. And this is the third thing that I feel like God has given me about renewing your mind. You gotta reframe your perspective. See God's goodness in everything. You gotta take every thought captive. And when you take that thought captive, you gotta speak God's truth over it. Because every lie of the enemy has a truth from God to combat it. That'll change your life if you'll, if you'll fully understand what I just said. Every lie of the enemy has a truth from God to combat it. See, I, I can always tell when someone's in a mental slump by the words that come out of their mouth. And I know that because Matthew 12, 34 says, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Your mouth is speaking what your heart is full of. Your heart is full of what you are allowing into your mind. And so my question is, what is your heart full of today? What's your heart full of? Because if, you're, if your heart is full of the lies of the enemy, you'll never know you can be healed. If your heart is full of lies, you're, you, you'll never know your next job will be better than your last one. If your heart is full of lies, you'll never know that if you're single today that God actually has a spouse for you. If your heart is full of lies and you have a child that's far from God, you'll never know that God actually wants that child to come back 
to God. And so what is your heart full of? And I wanna give you some homework today as we finish today because this is, these are the things that have changed my life and it, it, these are some of the, the, the patterns and practices that I would encourage you to do. Um, I want you to identify one stronghold that's holding you back. I want you to identify one stronghold and I want you to name it. You can't defeat what you can't define. I want you to name, I want you to define whatever that stronghold is. So whatever that is, um, um, I'm not lovable. Maybe that's what yours is. I'll never be good enough. I'm always gonna be broke financially. I don't know what it is for you. I can never be close to God. I don't know what that, what that is, is, but you gotta name it. You gotta define it. And then once you've captured that thought, then speak the truth of God that demolishes, the Bible says, that demolishes that stronghold. 2 Peter 1.3 says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. And so maybe Satan is telling you, like he's told me before, your headaches are always gonna be a problem for you and are always gonna hold you back. No, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, when I am weak, he makes me strong. Maybe Satan is saying to you, he tells you, you're not attractive. You'll never be good enough. No, if you look at the scripture, it says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So maybe he's telling you, you'll always be alone. Now the scripture says, he will never leave me nor forsake me. Satan maybe is telling you, you're always gonna be addicted. Now the scripture says, I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of, his, of, of their testimony. And maybe Satan right now is telling you in, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of 2020, he says, you can't. Here's what the Bible says over and over again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have to learn how to confront and make, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ by speaking God's truth. Every lie of the enemy has a truth from God to combat it. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but maybe you're in a mental slump right now. I wanna challenge you to reframe your perspective, see God's goodness in every one of your situations that you're going through right now. I wanna challenge you to begin to train your mind, take captive every thought and speak God's truth because every lie of the enemy has a truth from God to combat it. I wanna pray for you today. And I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I believe I'm speaking to a lot of people. And would you just take a moment and, and let me pray just God's provision, God's peace over your life. Let me pray over you. God, I thank you, God, for every person that's listening to this message. I pray, God, peace over every mind that's watching this, God. I pray, God, that you would allow us to, like your word says, to be changed by the renewing of our mind. May we reframe our perspective. May we, may we learn how to train our mind by taking captive every thought and speaking your word, your truth, over every lie that the enemy would put in our path. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone watching said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you've been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you please submit a prayer request online at creekwoodchurch.com slash prayer.